Good morning, Planet Earth. It is 6.40 a.m. East Coast time, and welcome to the Quitting Marijuana Podcast. I'm your host, Jonah, the man with the mic and a face for radio, who is recording live from his kitchen. A big shout out to our listeners in Seattle, Washington, Goldsboro, Pennsylvania, West Bend, Wisconsin, Rogers, Arkansas, Sugar Creek, Ohio, and Greenville, Michigan. Hope you are fired up to meet your goals and ready to tackle the day. Uh, Please join me in a word of prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know. Our reading this episode starts at Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 16, from the American Standard Bible. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father who is in heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And uh, verses 3 through 12 are called the the Beatitudes. Uh, Blessed means happy. Um, They describe the inner qualities of a follower of Christ and promise him blessings in the future. They contrast sharply with the characteristics of the Pharisees who were proud, thinking they had already attained righteousness. So, The listener's message today is from Jessie, that is not her real name, short and sweet. Hi Jonah, thanks for your podcast. I'm struggling big time to quit, but I know I desperately need to. Your podcast makes me feel less alone and gives me hope. Thank you for your raw and genuine honesty through your journey. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. No problem, Jessie. And I got to tell you, I was holding off on podcasts for a while because I wanted to hit a new streak and I was just grinding, just grinding really hard. I mean, pushing at school, I was doing 13-hour days pretty much every day, you know, showing up at 7, coming home, uh, not leaving school till 7.30 or 8 o'clock or even 8.30 because of wrestling season. I'm coaching both youth and modified wrestling. And so I hit day 40-something. I mean, it was a tear. And then I ended up smoking. I, I can't remember what... I think it was that classic idea of, I'm going on vacation, and I'm going to smoke while I'm on vacation, so I might as well start smoking right now. Um, It didn't obviously help any of my performances, and probably the most interesting thing after taking all that time off and then smoking again 
was the devastating effect it had on my lungs. I immediately got sick, like immediately, the very next day or like two days later. Because I had been pushing myself so hard. I was running that fine line, you know what I mean? Getting up at either 4 a.m., sometimes 5 a.m., but 4 a.m. or 5 a.m., training, grinding, going to school, working, going to wrestling practice, wrestling, then going to the second wrestling practice, then coming home, it's wintertime, uh, dealing with only one car. Uh, I had hit that deer, and my car had been in the shop forever. <clears throat> and then finally got it back, and, <laughs> and it didn't work, so I had to bring it back to the shop. And uh, then I, I, I get it. So after t- over two months of only having one vehicle, driving my wife to work, uh, we had to put hers in the shop. And then we went to pick hers up, and it wouldn't start. Literally in the parking lot. Couldn't start it. So then they said they fixed it. Went back again. Still couldn't start it. So then they had to order a new part. Totally my fault. I cheaped out on buying a new um, idle control valve. And I had bought really quality parts for all the rest of the work I wanted done. But the most important part, for some reason, I, I was it was super cheap. So like I'm saying, I, I was stressed. I was stretched thin. And you have to be dialed in. I remember texting with a buddy of mine. And he's asking me, like, how are you doing it, man? How are you able to do all this stuff in a day? And I said, dude, I'm eating clean. I'm eating clean and I'm living clean. I'm not drinking. I'm not smoking. Um, I'm dieting. I'm exercising. Like it all has to be put together. I'm trying to get to sleep before 10 o'clock. Like that's the kind of discipline you need to have in order to maintain the edge. And so as soon as I smoked, I got sick. So I spent a week and a half being sick and then um, finally got to the vacation Went to Florida, and then sure enough, listen, and I'm not mad at anybody who, who listens to this podcast and hasn't messaged me, um, and many of you ha- already have messaged me, but literally, I leave for a vacation, and bam, I get like three messages from different people, um, either thanking me for the show, telling me about their, their battles, and you know, here I am having smuggled <laughs> four joints through TSA, and it's like, fuck, 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 you know, like, where was this 10 days ago, or whatever, to help... Like keep keep that urge going, keep me keep keep me on the straight and narrow. So I haven't appreciated the compounding effect of sobriety and of all the discipline. And I want to talk about that a little later. But in terms of how I smuggled <laughs> weed through TSA, uh, just the classic. You know what I mean? I I bought a pack of cigarettes, took out four of them, stuffed in four joints, and uh, put it in my carry-on, believe it or not, my carry-on, had a little backpack, and I literally just stuck the pack of cigarettes, boop, right on the very top part of my backpack with the zipper, and um, I live in a state now where it's recreationally legal, um, and so I, my thought was, well, if they find it, I'll just tell them, oops, I forgot, just throw it away, and so they just passed it right through, it was no problem at all, and so finally, finally, I get to be on the beach in Florida um, with marijuana instead of spend, being on the beach in Florida trying to find marijuana. Never has been successful. And, you know, there were some, there were good moments, but I did not bring a notebook with me. Another dumb thing, we were, so we were camping, right? So I had to pack all this gear. and So I just didn't get a chance to write down a lot of the great thoughts that I had because, you know, there's some small, small benefits to smoking, right? It's just that, <laughs> it's just that the the addiction uh, way outweighs those tiny positive benefits. At least for us who who are addicts, right? Like not everybody is, but if you're listening to this show, you are, and I am also. 
And uh, of course, me, classic overdoing it, right? Like smoke a little the first time, then a little more. And then finally, it's just like green out basically every time. And I'm dumb and mumbling and useless. So I'm, I'm home, back on the wagon, going to message those girls. Had a good run. Definitely, <laughs> you know, I feel bad. I feel I feel bad that I fucked up. Um, but that's the battle. That's the battle we're in right now. So um, today's positive character trait. Okay, it's being kind. Merriam-Webster defines kind as of a sympathetic or helpful nature. Um, I'm very kind in like light social areas, right? Like if I'm waiting in line with at the grocery store, I'll talk to people or if I just casually walking by someone at the store or I'll talk to the cashier at the grocery store. Like in that way, I'm kind and friendly, but I don't know if I'm like kind, kind, like as a person, I try to listen to people, but I am very self-centered and I'm recognizing that about myself and I'm not walking in other people's shoes the way I should be. And a time when marijuana interferes with me being kind, um, how about what I just described earlier? People emailing me, emailing the podcast, suffering, hurting, and I'm just smoking and not replying to them because to, I'm too ashamed. You know, it's like, that's not very kind. And even if I am smoking, I still could have at least replied and said something really nice and not brought up the fact that I was smoking or admitted the fact that I was smoking, tell them I'm in the same battle as you, it's really hard, um, hang in there, right? But I just self-centered, dismissed it, oh, I'm smoking, I'm not worthy of talking to you. And uh, I don't know where that sense of worthlessness comes from either, right? Like, what's up with that? I am trying to be a better person, uh, which is one reason why exercise and nutrition are so important to me. I could not believe, listen, I did not appreciate just what kind of shape I had gotten into, right? So I don't like my exercise routine that I have to do, right? Like I, I want to be squatting and deadlifting and running a 10K and biking miles and swimming in the pool. The last thing I want to be doing is yoga and back PT and foam rolling and these stupid um, cat cows that I do. It's like, and I, I'm standing against the wall, holding a, uh, elastic band, moving my arms in and out. as like a variation of chops, like so boring, so low intensity. Like I don't want to do that stuff, but this is the bed that I made for myself. And so I've been doing it. I've got, I've got discipline, at least in some areas of my life. And what's crazy is even though I'm not in the gym lifting weights, I was wrestling like a savage, you know, I'm my modified wrestling team is all different body weights. And so I'm kind of the glue that holds it together, right? Like they're, they're not in control of themselves or competent enough to be careful with lighter athletes. And the one kid weighs 214 pounds and the next, um, heaviest person weighs 135. Right. And so, uh, he will squish that kid. So I end up wrestling them and believe it or not, I ended up wrestling a kid uh, at youth wrestling, like an 18 year old, this kid's like six, two. Um, I think he weighs like two Oh five. And I was able to wrestle him in Mach 10, like aggressive, hard, intense. Um, and I really beat him up bad as believe it or not. I feel, I feel guilty about it. Now he disappeared after the match and I took it 
Uh, no, this is so I wrestled him once really aggressively. And then the next week he came in and I was like, dude, we don't have to wrestle. Like, I thought you just wanted to wrestle. We don't have to. He's like, no, no, I want to wrestle. I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll wrestle at the end of practice. And so I asked the other coach, I'm like, hey, what should I do? You know, I beat him up pretty bad last time. He's like, coach says, just slow down. I'm like, you're too fast. I said, okay, I'll slow down. So I slow down, we wrestle, and the kid ultimately just gasps, right? He, he finally, he just freezes up. He can't even move. He's holding my ankle, and he's turtled up on the, on the mat, and I'm just standing looking at him. And so we stop the match, and he disappears. I'm like, oh, hmm. Well, I go out there. I have to leave early because I have to go pick up my way from work because I only have one car. I go into the bathroom, and he's throwing up in the toilet. I'm like, yo, you okay? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. He overworked himself. Well, come to find out the next day, uh, he was disoriented and confused, and they ended up, like the moms, the wrestling moms, called his parents and had his parents come pick him up. That's how beat up he was, apparently. I don't know what happened. I don't, I don't remember slamming his head or anything. I think he just held his breath, and you can't wrestle and hold your breath. Um, and, if you, and he was pushing himself hard, and he hadn't been training. I asked him that, too. You've been doing your push-ups? He's like, no, no, man. It's like, okay. So you went from doing nothing to trying to wrestle and you also held your breath while you were wrestling so anyway i felt a little bad about it but it wasn't my fault and so he was he was messed up but then even at another wrestling meet with the modified kids i got to wrestle a high schooler from another team just fun just messing around and it's like if you had asked me last year if i could ever wrestle again i would have told you no i would have been like nope that era is over like i'm screwed my back hurts i you know i you know, I was hurt so badly, I couldn't even walk for like three days, right? My wife was helping me go pee, helping me put on my clothes. And all of a sudden, now I'm wrestling. It's like the Lord is giving, and, and I prefer wrestling over triathlon, over powerlifting, over any of this stuff. And so what's wild is the Lord was giving me exactly what I wanted. And I was just too obsessed with what I thought I wanted, right? Like he, he, he was giving me what I did want deep down inside of me, but what I wanted in that superficial selfish moment, well, I want to go to the gym and, and squat. I want to go to the gym and deadlift. Like, oh, 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 my life sucks. Oh, oh, oh. What? Are you kidding me? Like able to wrestle in January and February? Like, what does that mean? How good am I going to be come March, April, May, and June? Right? Like insane, insane. So the, the the steady grind has definitely paid off. I wake up in the mornings, I do the back PT in the evenings, do the yoga, do the foam rolling, um, eating the, you know, drinking my greens. And so I'll just encourage anybody who's got an injury or who's doing a workout that they don't want to do. It does add up. All those days add up and it's hard to see it in the moment. And it's not until you can pause, reflect, look back and go, wow, I am a lot farther ahead than I was before. And um, that's hard to do when you're being a, a just a needy, self-centered, gotta have it now, entitled millennial, you know? Um, so anyway, that was crazy. But I, I got to tell you, I have been off of Twitter for a long time just because it was overwhelming me. And I got back on when I left Florida, which is another reason why I haven't replied to those uh, three people and the world is upside down. The world's upside down. Oh, um, there's another balloon floating over the United States that we're not shooting down and that we did not shoot down before it got here. So that's pretty fucked up. 
And of course, our border is being overrun by millions and millions of illegal immigrants. And finally, of course, the cell phone incident where tens of thousands of people had no signal. AT&T users were affected the most. And that was planned. And if you disagree with me, that's totally fine. But the World Economic Forum, the billionaires, the global billionaires who get together and talk about how they're going to fix the world's problems by controlling the masses, by controlling what folks like you and I eat, the kind of vehicles that you and I drive, the types of cities that we can live in, the types of appliances we can have in our house. Remember, these people all fly in on their private jets and they're eating filet mignon. But for us, we need to eat bugs and we need to uh, drive electric cars. And we need to, of course, plug those electric cars into a grid that can't even handle the <laughs> air conditioning and heating in states like California and Texas in the summertime and wintertime. So it's fucked up. It's totally fucked up. And the World Economic Forum has been upfront about the COVID pandemic. Like they said it was coming down the pipe. There's a pandemic coming. There's a pandemic coming. This is what the scenarios we should run. They practice the models. Like they have been upfront about it. And then boom, we had a pandemic. And of course the virus was made in a lab. Now all of a sudden, four years later, we can talk about that. The fact that it was made in a lab. And, uh, you know, so now what they're talking about and they have been talking about is a cyber attack. This is the newest threat to our, our stability, uh, cyber attack. And it would be catastrophic. The effects would be blah, 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 blah. And so you got to you got to listen. That's all I'm saying. You got to listen to them. And this cell phone thing was just like phase one. It was just the test. Uh, now, the question is, will the cyber attack be in relation to or in conjunction with this invasion across the border um, because they're finding all sorts of Chinese militants mixed in with these kids. And when I say kids, I mean, of course, military-aged males. And you may have seen that video of the Iranian. Some guy was down there with his phone, and he's like, hey, who are you? He's like, you don't know me? You don't know me? You will. You will know my name. And he starts freaking out. And then come to find out he had been in prison for 12 years. He was an Iranian arms dealer. So that motherfucker is loose somewhere in our country. And... It's just scary. It's really scary. So I don't know if the cyber attack will be in like cahoots or in a line with all of these uh, illegals or if the cyber attack will give these illegals like free reign for chaos. The obvious thing that they're doing by keeping the border open and our federal government has sent troops down there to literally cut razor wire at the border so that people can get across easier. Um, the most obvious thing is that they are trying to garner more votes for the Democrats, right? Come into our country and then either sign up for the military or something, and we're going to give you the right to vote, the ability to vote. And of course, who are you going to vote for? You're going to vote for the Democrat who gave you $10,000, the free phone, the free food, and they put you up in the Ritz-Carlton Hotel after they kicked out the veterans, of course. And so that's the obvious part. Here's the tinfoil hat part that I think, and this is just me, tinfoil hat. I think they're going to use these illegals as a way to flush out the gun-owning and ammunition-collecting uh, Americans because they can't stand the fact that America has the ability to fight back against those in power. Like, they can't stand it. And they can't come get them, right? They can't send the police to come get your guns. They can't send the army to come get your guns because the army and police are full of Americans, and they're Americans who like the Second Amendment. And so they're not going to come take the guns away from the average citizen. And uh, 
So, but what will they do? Who will they send? They'll send these, these people who are essentially cannon fodder. You know what I'm saying? Like, they are just fucking the worst of the worst from all these other countries. They will give them a gun and say, go collect them door to door. Or, again, in the case of a terror attack, quote-unquote terror attack, it's really terror by our own government, when they get unleashed, when whatever that signal is, like, again, the, all, the grid going down is probably the signal, they will start to attack, riot, cause problems, and, gun on, and police won't be able to respond, right, because there's no power, so they don't know what's happening, there's no phones. It will be the average American citizen using up their arms supply and potentially getting killed in the process um, fighting these people. So it's just flushing the guns and the ammunition out of the populace. This is my tinfoil hat. This is my idea. Either way, you need to have at least, I would, in my opinion, you need to have 30 days worth of food. I don't believe that they're going to do the cyber attack for something like, you know, a year. That'll be too much. They won't, there won't be anything to rebuild. There will be nothing to rebuild at that point. Um, 98% of the population in the United States will be dead. However, I do believe that they will keep the grid down for 10 days. There's a cool quote I read, it's, and I don't know if I'm getting it exactly right, but it's something like, every country is nine meals away from anarchy. And so by day three, the start of day three, people are going to be out of food. Everybody orders out these days. And by the end of day three, people are going to be hungry. And also, people are going to be extremely bored, and people are going to be going out of their minds because they won't have a phone or a TV to distract them, right? Look at the teenagers around you. Like, look at the grown-ups around you, right? Like, they are distracted and engaged with this uh, dopamine factory that is the supercomputer, the pocket supercomputer. And without that, how many mental, un mentally unstable people are there, right? A lot. A lot. Oh, and by the way, medications, all that kind of stuff. What got hit during the cyber attack? Pharmaceuticals, cell phones, communication, the ability to communicate with each other, and the ability to get your medicine. So by the end of day three, it's going to be ugly. Uh, I'm thinking our urban areas are going to start rioting, looting, tearing it up. I am thinking that the uh, drug users in rural America are going to start be making uh, going to start making house visits, tearing up the uh, Dollar Generals, etc. And by day ten, everybody, even people who are very good people who are willing to sacrifice for others, um, selfless, shirt off their back kind of people, by day ten they're out of food and they're out of water and they're desperate to help their family because their two year old or their five year old is crying, they're starving. Um, everybody is sick because there's no hygiene and it's going to be ugly. There, your, your door is going to be knocked on and it's going to be knocked on regularly if it's not kicked in and your wife or your children aren't raped and abused. So you need to be able to bug out. You need to be able to hide or conceal yourself in this 10 day wave. And then I think on day 10, they're going to turn it back on and, but there's still going to be another two weeks of regaining control. And of course, the, the real, again, the real purpose behind the cyber attack is to force everybody onto a central bank digital currency. But in the meantime, there's going to be a lot of casualties. And I don't want you to become a casualty. I want you to have 30 days worth of food. 
I want you to have a plan on how to make your house look unoccupied. You need to get uh, landscape fabric or plywood. You either need to plywood up the outside of your windows or you need to get the landscape fabric and put it on the inside of your windows so everything is completely blacked out. Um, if any sort of light escapes at night, like people know someone's in there, and if somebody's in there, they got food, and so they're going to come get you. I don't know if you have any firearms. Um, I have a couple. I figured out which points in my house are the places I need to set up so that I can cover the entrances, and uh, it's not going to be ideal because as soon as you make a gunshot, now again, people know people are over there. It's, it's fucked up, man. It's really, really scary. But get your food, get an ability to hide, find a place to bug out, and disappear. Do not confront, do not, you need to straight up disappear until they turn everything back on. And when they turn it back on, you can slowly come out like a rat out of a hole, and everybody else will too. And the people who are left, hopefully, will be able to hang on enough to uh, survive until everything's put back together. So... On that note, good luck, everybody. Good luck. This fucking balloon thing is also so strange. Like, what what role does the balloon play in all of this? But uh, on that note, it's been an honor and a privilege spending the morning with you. Uh, Kobe Bryant once said, I don't want to be the next Michael Jordan. I only want to be Kobe Bryant. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Remember to find satisfaction in the struggle and peace in the moment. We'll see you next time.